Welcome to Now on Netflix. We're making a list and checking it twice so you don't have to, which is my seasonally appropriate way of saying. Today we are bringing holiday cheer in the form of Virgin River and all sorts of seasonal movies. We're also bringing you some seasonal angst in the form of Leave the World Behind. I'm Jessica Shaw. You may know me from Sirius XM. He's Henry Goldblatt, the human embodiment of a perfectly wrapped gift you always wanted. Hello, Henry. Oh, Jessica. That's the sweetest thing anyone has ever said to me. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It's so good to see you. And we are joined by Jean Bentley of todoom.com, who was actually on set for the Virgin River holiday episodes. So Jean Dish, because those two bonus episodes are available now. And there's a lot that happens. They're like, it's kind of like, did you think that there would be no more drama at the end of this season? Guess again casual double crossing some paternal drama the usual when it comes to virgin river obviously what's the vibe on the set i mean what was it like being there what do they want to bring with their holiday episode we flew up there last november which is when they filmed these two episodes so november of 2022 and let me tell you it was a really wonderful way to ring in the christmas season for myself last year because everything was christmased out we walked onto the set of jack's bar and i don't know if you can tell on screen but there are so many little props there are so many little tchotchkes like the kind of thing you would expect to find in some kind of like divey bar in a remote town and then every single piece of that had some sort of christmas paraphernalia on it there were snowflakes there were lights there were ornaments it was really really fun Gene, I want to talk about my favorite relationship currently on the show. It's a bit of a May-December relationship between Dr. Cameron and Muriel, and they hit a little bit of a speed bump. Why don't you tease that for us? First of all, I also love that relationship because one of the cool things about Virgin River is that there's love stories for every generation. So, you know, there's Lizzie and Denny, there's Doc and Hope. Then in the middle, you've got Cameron and Muriel. And, you know, they had a little flirtation throughout the season and they kind of got together. And then in the Christmas episodes, Cameron's ex-wife comes to town and kind of offers him the life that he wanted with her. And so he has to make a decision of does he still want that or is he excited to see where this thing with Muriel goes? Every time she's on screen, I just want to say, you're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> I don't think that's terrible at all. Okay. Same. Okay, it's just, fine. just making sure. Jean, like for those who were maybe behind on the Virgin River on the season itself and are just like, you know what? I'm tuning in for these holiday episodes. What do you need to know going in? Because like you said, I mean, there's so many things that happen before people sit down to that, by the way, like very yummy looking Christmas dinner. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I think... The biggest things that happened this past season really involved the drug running, which is maybe not what you'd expect from this beautiful, idyllic Northern California town. There's there's so much. There's, there's so, so much, much fentanyl. There's so much. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically, we learned that Melissa is actually the drug kingpin in the area. And then at the end of the first 10 episodes, she kind of got taken in and Brady had been working with the cops to kind of take her down and 
you know, the people around him doubted that maybe he was on the right track, but it turns out he was. We find out in these episodes that this poor guy cannot catch a break. Cannot catch a break. So he seemingly is in this new relationship, but guess what? There's a twist because it's Virgin River. There's always a twist. Mel has a bit of a paternity issue, let's call it, during the Christmas episodes where she finds out that her biological father may indeed live in Virgin River because, of course, he does. Naturally. Naturally, yes. So Because everybody's from Virgin River. Sure. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, the journey that she goes on during these episodes. Basically, her sister had discovered this cache of love letters in their mother's belongings. And they started reading them and they were like, interesting. These appear to be letters to our mother from a man. And guess where that return address is? Virgin River, obviously. Mel decides that she wants to kind of snoop or is it snooping if it's your own life no like let's call it some investigative reporting investigative report exactly she's journalist too nurse practitioner (laughs) slash journalist slash midwife exactly she can do it all i guess you have to when you're living somewhere so remote but yeah she kind of decides to investigate the case of the maybe father and jack helps her obviously as a supportive partner should. They come up with a suspect, but he's like, nah, not me. But it turns out that they do indeed find the correct person. And it ends on a delicious cliffhanger, like so many Virgin River seasons and episodes do, where this man comes and he says that he has something to tell her, but we don't know what he has to tell her. Gene, I thought you were going to spoil it by saying that Mel and Jack get a dog and name it Pony. That's true. Jean, can you tell us what's going on with one of my favorite characters, Preacher, our favorite bartender? I'm obsessed with him, too. I love that he's one of your favorites. I feel so invested in his happiness. I am, too. And he's like the perfect, perfect man. Like, if I could date Preacher in real life, I'd be there. Yeah, absolutely. He can cook. He's so handsome. So he found love this season with someone who... He wants to be with, I think, for the long haul. And her name is Kaya. She's a firefighter. She gets a job at the end of the the first 10 episodes of the season as the new fire chief in Virgin River. And he's like, finally, some happiness for me. And then they find the body that he buried. And oopsie, he's got to he's got to inform her about this whole mess that he had with Paige and her ex. And I would like to remind everybody that Preacher was an accomplice in that he helped Paige, but he is not guilty of any crime of violence. He didn't kill anyone. He is a good guy accomplice, yes. It was in self-defense anyway, come on guys. But, you know, just like to remind you that Preacher didn't actively do this. He just is a nice guy and is helping clean up the mess. Jean, what would a Christmas episode be without a Christmas tree decorating contest? In the holiday tree decorating contest, you can kind of see there's a shot. If you're paying close attention, there are some ornaments that tie in to the Netflix Christmas movie universe. Lindsay Lohan's Falling for Christmas and Vanessa Hudgens' Princess Switch. So yeah, so if you look closely, you can see that Virgin River is in world. It is officially part of the N-M-C-U. It rolls off the tongue. (laughs) 
The Virgin River holiday episodes are not the only things to get you in the mood for the season. There are so many holiday movies available to stream now on todoom.com. There's a list of the 25 best Christmas movies, and I thought we could talk about some of them. First of all, Henry, tell me where you are. Are you someone who like, oh my God, I am cozying up and watching all sorts of Christmas movies, or do you run from them? Jessica, I might jog briskly, but I don't run from them. Fair. I, too, have a complex relationship with them. You have to be in the mood. There's a certain kind of cheese, I feel like a fondue, perhaps, that comes along with a holiday movie. Though I have to say that there is a new one this year starring Jennifer Garner, who I'm obsessed with, called Family Switch. And I watched that with zero expectation. I love this movie so much. First of all, any kind of body swapping, anything, I am here for. Like, forget it. And any 13 going on 30 reference I am here for. I thought this movie was just delightful. It certainly is. And like you, I will literally watch Jennifer Garner like paint by numbers or do whatever she does. Like she is just terrific and so charismatic and jumps off the screen. And who doesn't love a body switch caper? It also stars Emma Myers, who of course gained fame in Wednesday as um, Wednesday's roommate Enid. And I loved her there and I love her here as well. She's so good. First of all, agree with you 100% on that. Tell me if you were going to sit down and watch a holiday movie on Netflix. Is there one, perhaps an original or something that is your, okay, we're doing this, you know, I'm pouring some eggnog. This is what I'm going to watch. One of my favorite holiday movies is Holiday, starring Emma Roberts and a very hot Australian named Luke Bracey. They pretend to be each other's holidays throughout the various times of years because they're getting pressure from her family in particular for her to settle down and get married and what have you. And they have a very will-they-won't-they love-hate relationship that I just adore. And I could watch that movie over and over again. So I love a romantic comedy mixed with a holiday movie. That's where I get excited. Every one of those rom-com tropes of like, they kind of hate each other, even though they have to pretend that they like each other. And then they do really like each other. I love that. I love all fake date movies. Who hasn't wanted to have, you know, a hot Australian next to them at like your family holiday dinner? Everyone wants that. And this family and holiday, by the way, celebrates every little holiday you can imagine. They're like, let's get together for Arbor Day and go boating or whatever you do on Arbor Day. Like literally... They're like 12 holidays through the year that they're getting together for. I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite holiday movie, Wardrobe. Has to be Falling for Christmas, where La Lohan, Lindsay Lohan, I love what the wardrobe department did for her. They were like, will she actually wear it? Yes, she will. And there's bright colors. And I love it. Jessica, I want to give an award to Best Performance by Jennifer Coolidge in a holiday movie. And that would go to Jennifer Coolidge in Single All the Way, which stars somebody near and dear to your heart, Michael Urie, um, as a single man who finds out that his boyfriend is actually married to a woman. And so he enlists his best friend to go home with him for the holidays. And Jennifer Coolidge plays Aunt Sandy, um, who is a thespian in New Hampshire and everything that goes along with that. I remember interviewing Michael Yuri when, when this movie came out. It's now, what, a year or two ago. And I remember him saying to me, like, is there any more of a gay fever dream than getting to be in a holiday movie with Jennifer Coolidge? Absolutely not. Um, it's a gay fever dream just to watch it. That is one of my all-time favorites. I have to ask both of you, Henry and Jean, if you are familiar with something called Fireplace 4K colon crackling birchwood from fireplace for your home because if you're not this is what you need to watch tonight tell us about it why is it so important 
it is legit one hour of crackling wood. And I have heard of these and I remember back in the day people would have like when people had VCRs they would put in the VHS of the crackling firewood thing I did not know that Netflix had its own version of it and now that I know that it's kind of all I want to watch it's sort of meditative and watching it made me almost smell the embers so I don't know what kind of magic is going into this but I loved it I feel like a cozy fire place background is what is playing in every home in Virgin River. Thank you for bringing it around 100%. Jessica, I want to close this conversation with one of the biggest fissures in our um, decades-long friendship. I adore Love Actually. It's one of my favorite habits around Christmas to watch the film. I understand the problems with it. I understand how almost 20 years later that things can be looked at in a different way. It still makes me feel good every time I watch it. So I guess I'm a Love Actually apologist. Henry, I was going to try and end this segment before you got to be able to talk about that movie and you jumped the gun and you got there first. So all I'm going to say is I am the lump of coal to that movie. I feel like uh, I remember seeing it in a screening room before it even came out and every single person in the audience was like, oh, that's the best movie I've ever seen. And I like I am a lump of coal. And I was like, that movie was terrible. I hated it. I am offended by it. This is going to do nothing because everyone's going to side with me. Cut to nobody sided with you. <laughs> Literally nobody. Okay. I mean, Gene, once I feel like this is Jean, your role. Tiebreaker. You are our tiebreaker. Gene, love actually, yay or nay? I mean, I'm going to be the tiebreaker and I'm so sorry, Jessica, but Henry, I'm with you. It's a yay for me. Victory. It's a yay for me. I like it. I've seen it a lot. <laughs> We're going to move on. Fine. We'll move on. We'll <laughs> Next. Gene, you are wonderful despite your bad taste in one single movie. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. We will move on from, I guess, love in quotes to something else a, a little more disturbing, though, frankly, as far as I'm concerned, less disturbing than the movie Love Actually. The film is called Leave the World Behind. It stars this, I don't know, newcomer named Julia Roberts and, of course, directed and written by Sam Esmail, uh, based on a book by Ruman Alam. And it's out tomorrow. And it's about this family vacation in Long Island that uh, kind of gets interrupted and things fall apart from there. The whole cast is amazing in addition to Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, incredible Ethan Hawke, Kevin Bacon has a real weird role. Henry, what did you make of this film? Jessica, I was going to say it's very much a dystopian vacation. If you're expecting Chevy Chase and like um, a dog on the roof or something like that, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. This is a movie that's going to stick with me for a long time. And there are a couple thoughts I have about it. The first is the performances are just excellent. It's just like a masterclass in acting. And I like that's what I appreciated the most about this film, I think, is just watching all these people at the top of their game putting in such incredible performances. It's not a film for somebody who craves resolution. I will not spoil a thing. Hopefully this is not a spoiler to say, but like this movie's not wrapped up in a tidy bow. And it leaves you with a lot to think about. There's certainly real world parallels in terms of like, could this dystopian horror that's going on in the movie 
happen to the real world. And there's a scene where Mahersha Ali's character lays out what he thinks is going on. And I was like, well, that's not so far-fetched, is it? Yeah, I know exactly that moment. And I thought the very same thing. It's interesting because I feel like Sam Esmail, as a filmmaker, he loves to set a tone. I think about when he teamed up with Julia Roberts on Homecoming on the series, which was so incredible. And I think it's maybe, I mean, Julia Roberts has an Oscar. There's no one thinks that she's not incredible, but I think she has never been better than she was on Homecoming. So there's something in that teaming of director and actor that works so well. But I do think he loves to set a specific tone of anxiety. And in some ways, I kind of love that it ended without resolution because it does just leave you with that uneasy feeling. Completely. As I said, it's going to be a movie that sticks with me for a long time because I'm going to be like parsing little lines of dialogue or various scenes or as you mentioned deer before, there's a cluster of deer that just start appearing and like, what does that mean? Another scene that I'm thinking about is whatever force is attacking the country at this point just starts self-driving all these Teslas into one another. And it took a really, really creative mind to bring this all to screen. And so I'm going to be chewing on this movie for a while. Yeah, no, absolutely. The visuals are so striking. I mean, there's a moment with a tanker with a ship. There's no way to even describe it in words. You have to just witness it to really fully appreciate it. Or like you said, there's this moment with all of these Teslas and it's so intense. It also just made me think like, oh my God, what? how did he know what people were going to be talking about in December 2023? I mean, the conversation about friends, for example, obviously, because of the tragic passing of Matthew Perry. I think people really have that show on our minds. Everything that's going on with Elon Musk, people have Teslas on their minds. It's kind of fascinating the way he was sort of tapped into the zeitgeist. I completely agree. The other thing I want to single out is Julia Roberts doesn't often play unlikable. And in this particular movie, she's playing unlikable. She's playing a Karen type of figure in the way that she reacts to Mahersha Ali and his on-screen daughter is very coded and gross, to be perfectly honest. It's refreshing and interesting and genre-breaking to see Julia Roberts not in a likable role. And I go back to one of my favorite movies of all time, My Best Friend's Wedding. It's a romantic comedy, of course, but she plays the unlikable character to Cameron Diaz's like sweetheart. And Julia Roberts does this role very well. It's nice to see her in this archetype. I completely agree with you. It's a very just disturbing, horrible scene when Mahershala Ali plays this character of GH and he and his daughter, they knock on the front door of this vacation home and they say they're the owners of this house that she and her family have rented and her response is racist and it's disgusting. And as I was watching it, I thought to myself, oh, that's a lot of actors would not be willing to play that scene. She plays it convincingly, not, not saying anything about Julia Roberts at all. As an actress, she plays the scene very, very convincingly. I also love the character of Kevin Bacon, that you he is not on screen that that much. And yet it's a character that really stayed with me. What did you make of him? We see him at the very beginning of the movie and then kind of, I don't know, maybe like five sixths into the movie again. You see him at the beginning of the movie. And if you're not paying attention, you could 
to think it was a one-off cameo that there's just some guy in a truck that you don't think twice about. They really do a good job of just planting that seed and then letting it grow. And then, I don't know, like two hours and 10 minutes into the movie, letting it flourish. And he was just fantastic. And again, in a role that you're not expecting Kevin Bacon to be in. Yeah, I mean, Sam Esmail is so great at casting and finding the right actor for a role. So I love how he did that. I wanted Nancy Myers with you for a second. Let's talk about that house. The house is gorgeous. It is available on Airbnb. You can read about that on todoom.com tomorrow. So please do. Yes, the house is available for renting, Jessica, out in Long Island. First of all, I did not know that. Why are we not taking Now on Netflix on the road and recording this episode from that house? Because it is so beautiful. And by the way, the house, it's almost part of the story. It has to be so beautiful in order for you to understand so much about the owners of the house, about the people wanting to visit the house. Like it has to be that great and well done, whoever that location scout was. We have an interview with Sam Esmail, as I mentioned, at To Doom Tomorrow, and he talks exactly about that, that the house, it's too cliche to say it's a character in and of itself, but it had to be the perfect house, like for all the reasons you described, Jessica. And so finding it was kind of a finding a needle in a haystack. What do you think about having a movie like this, this real dystopian counter-programming to all the sweet as eggnog things that come out at this time of the year? How did you feel watching this? I felt like... You know what? If you think your family's bad and your Christmas is bad, it could be a whole lot worse. <laughs> so maybe take comfort in that and watching it. That is the endorsement that you need. Exactly. Like, listen, I am so there with you, Henry. When everyone's out there with their possibly complex family situations, go and watch this movie and then be thankful. Exactly. Like, there are not 300 deer standing in your backyard, or maybe there are, or there's not a tanker, like, washing up on the beach beside you. So as bad as your Christmas may be, it could be far worse. Perfect note to end on, Henry. Leave the World Behind is available tomorrow, and the Virgin River Holiday episodes are streaming now. As 2023 comes to an end, we're going to be sharing our picks for the best series and films. Next week, do not miss part one of our year in review special featuring the best series and documentaries. 